Hello, and thank you for joining us in episode 41 of Milkshake Monday. Tonight, we're going to talk about time, ignorance, faith, and that we will all be without excuse. That's a lot to talk about, but I'm going to allow the scriptures to speak it. If you think about certain situations in life, and I want you to imagine any of these situations happening and what is constant in each one of them, and it's relative to the first topic, time. Imagine somebody's having a heart attack. You see them gasping for breath and they go to the heart and their arm is hurting and somebody yells, they're having a heart attack. Imagine somebody is choking. Oh my God, they're choking. They need help. Do the Heimlich, call 911. Somebody get help. You see somebody drowning in a pool, a lake. They're drowning, go help them, jump in, go get it. Somebody call 911, we need help. Get them out of the pool so we can get the, we gotta get them breathing again. Somebody's having some situation that's life-threatening. And the panic button in all of us goes on high alert. We need to act quickly. There is an expression that all of us have, which is panic because we know that time is of the essence. There is only a matter of time that we can go without oxygen. There's only a matter of time if somebody has a stroke where you can have a reversible impact of that stroke. There's only a matter of time that somebody has a heart attack that they need to get medical attention and CPR and oxygen and all of the things that you can imagine that are life-threatening. Time is something that all of us innately know there's immediacy, urgency. You gotta make a decision. You gotta move. You're just not gonna say, oh, that person is drowning. Can somebody help them? That doesn't happen. We know inside of our core that we wanna preserve life. Now, tonight when we talk about time, I want us to be into two chapters tonight. The first chapter is gonna be 1 Peter chapter one, and the second chapter is Romans chapter one. And I'm gonna read the word of God. Now in chapter one of First Peter, we're not gonna read it in the order. We're gonna break it up into three parts. The first part's gonna talk about time. The second part, we're gonna talk about ignorance. The third part is gonna be about faith and having genuine faith. And then lastly, we're gonna end this tonight in Romans one, talking about no matter what is going on in your life, what circumstances of your life, what age you are, where you are in your acceptance or rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will all, we will all be without excuse when it comes to knowing what the will of God was regarding who he is as our creator and that he expects all of us to make a decision to accept or reject his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to start in 1 Peter, like I said. And we're going to start in part one. We're going to be in verse 17. And the operative word that I want you to be aware of is the word time. And the importance of what this teaching is going to have in this first part about time. If anything that I've learned about all of the different people who have gone on to be with the Lord is that they utilize their time. They only have a finite time. Any of us only have a finite time from birth to death. And God knows that duration. We don't. But you have to make a decision. How am I going to use the time I have in this life? How am I going to use the time that we have here to stay? So listen for some of these same words that we're going to talk about here. So in verse 17 it says, And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, 
conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. That jumps out to me like a lightning bolt. There is an amount of time, but when we say fear, it's respect, it's fear and reverence of the Lord, the Father, the Divine One, the Great I Am. He's given us time, but we have to recognize that conduct of time that we have, it's in our hands. To mess around, fool around, and do nothing with the time, or to conduct ourselves in knowledge of wanting to be obedient to what God has put you here for. There's not a second person that's you. God framed, even if you're a twin, triplet, whatever, God has fashioned you just for the purpose of his divine will in this world right now. Go to verse 18. Knowing that you, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Now, big words. Many of you have parents, relatives, and oh, daddy did this. And it's in the family line that we all do this. Mama did this. The expectation is I'm supposed to do like my mama. The fear is that I may be like my mama. All kinds of things are going on. But you have to ask yourself, in your personal time with God, your private time, God, why do you have me here? What is this time being given to me every day for? What is your purpose for my life? You have to get to that point. Else you will be living aimlessly just to reach out to get silver and gold and things that are going to be temporary. And that's easy because that's what all of us are told. Go get your education, get married, get a house, get the cars, get your kids' education, get your nest egg, get ready for Social Security. Do all of this American dream. But in reality... When it comes to the beginning, the middle, and the end of your life, none of that will matter. We just got together the arrangements for the homegoing service. All of that doesn't matter. You can put a bunch of stuff in an obituary. You can get somebody ready to be spread out. In the end, none of that matters except for where are you now? At homegoing, you've transitioned somewhere. Where are you now? And you have to give an account for your life, the time that you've given in this natural earth, have you made the decision to follow after the Father's will to have you accept the Son, or you rejected Him? Where is your eternal salvation going to be? Are you going to be in heaven with the glorious Father, or are you going to spend your eternal damnation in hell? Don't believe me. Let's read the Word of God. Verse 19 of 1 Peter 1. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. You'll say, oh, nobody loves me. He loves you. Not past tense, he loves you. He loved you to give his life. He loves you now as he's making intercession with the Father, and when you get to heaven, he's gonna love you there. He loves you, because in these last times, it was for you. Verse 21 says, Who through him, this is Jesus Christ, believe in God, who raised him, that's Jesus Christ, from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith, this is personal, this is not distant, this is not, oh, that's just religion, oh, that's this, that, and other. This is him talking to you. These are love letters to you personally. It says that 
He raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. One thing that really jumped out at me learning about the life of my sister, which I've lived it, the love she had, the fervent compassion for children, for the elderly, for everybody in between, for strangers, for white and black and in between, for her brothers, for her sisters, for her nieces, her nephews, everybody, because she had the love of Christ in her heart. And that's not something that it requires somebody to give her a pat on the back, give her money, silver and gold. She did it because there was a fervent love in her heart because she knew who Christ was and she knew about the time. And that every day that we wake up, we should say, God, what do you want done for this day, for your purposes? But I want you to take away what it says in verse 23 through 25 about time. Because we all think we have a lot. That children think they have a lot. That they're young and they have a lot of time. They don't want to be old at 20 and 30. And they see us at 50 and 60 and 70. And they say, oh, I got plenty of time. When we don't know, our children are leaving this earth faster than the elderly. Because they have a foolish heart of ignorance that I'm going to talk about in a second. But look what it says in verse 23. Having been born again. Those of us who know who Jesus Christ is recognize that there's a birth that comes out of our mother's womb. But then there's a new birth when we realize who Christ is. But when we are born again, it says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, when you are having that relationship with Jesus Christ, that is without blemish. That is the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. He had no sin. So we are born again into his body. So it says, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, if you see the beginning of verse 24, it has the word because. And in most Bibles, regardless of the translation, you see this because and then you see this big gap. And it wants you to pause and listen to what these next words are going to say. And I'm going to read them slowly. So you hear them. It says, all flesh is as grass. And all the glory of man, the flower of the grass, as flower of the grass, the grass withers and its flowers falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Break it down to simplicity. Anybody that's a landscaper that's ever mowed the lawn knows that if you cut the grass down, you put it in a bag, throw it away, and new grass pops up until the season for the winter comes and the grass stops growing. And the next time that it's time to grow again, it grows again. But how many of you, after you cut that grass down, are worried about the grass that's in the bag, you're ready to be thrown away? Our lives had compared to as grass, our flesh as grass because one day all of us whether you choose to put that shell of your body into the ground burn it up whatever you choose to do it's like grass in that bag it's gone you may miss it you may miss the experiences but that body is gonna be like it says all flesh is as grass now let's transition to ignorance now when you start to read this part of the scripture you're going to understand that ignorance is not, it's, it's about what the mind 
has in there. So I'm not talking about education. I'm not talking about if you are a scholar with five PhDs, master's degrees, undergraduate degree, high school, whatever. It's not about education and smarts. When it starts to talk about having a sober mind, have a mind, it's about what is your focus? What is your priority about? What is your whole divine plan? Is it even in your focus? Do you even care? Do you even want to know what God had as your purpose? Why are you here? There are a lot of young and old people drinking and smoking and sexing and doing everything because they want to know, what's my purpose? I go to work every day. I don't really like my job. I don't really like the people I hang out with. I don't really like what I do for 24 hours a day. I don't really like the people I spend my time with. And you get frustrated, so you keep medicating yourself. You keep putting noise in your ears, watching more and more stuff because you haven't realized that that mind is in an ignorant place because you don't know your purpose. So let's go to the part about ignorance. We're going to start in verse 13 of 1 Peter. Like I said, I'm breaking down the chapter, but I'm taking it in reverse. We just talked about time. Time is of essence. Now we're going to talk about ignorance. And do you want to remain ignorant? The Word of God teaches, be ye not ignorant. And the key thing is about the Word of God that we just learned is forever and will remain forever and will not change and will be constant forever. But you won't be. In verse 13, it says, therefore, now, because there's passages of scripture before, that therefore is a transition. But I want you to start at verse 13 saying, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, many people know loins and they think of men's genitals or underneath the armpits or underneath the legs or the knees, the warm spaces. But this is talking about the areas of your mind. Satan is attacking your mind. Because he knows out of the abundance of your, your heart, your mouth speaks. And your mouth gets its direction from that brain of yours. What you're pouring into it. And it says here, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, here's a couple things that I need to make simpler, elementary. When you find that you cannot rest, it's because... You have put your dependence on everything but the Lord Jesus Christ and not his salvation. You put it on the bank account. You put it on the job. You put it on the education. You put it on your family. You put it on everybody that's in your life now. And when those things start to shift and transition, you panic. Oh my God, how am I going to make it? Oh my God. She's gone. He's gone. The money's gone. I don't have enough education. I don't have enough of whatever they need for me to have, for me to get that, what I want. And God is saying, you got me. You can go to sleep because you got me. You don't have to panic because you got me. You don't have to be hopeless, fearful, Scared out of your crazy mind because you got me. You got my salvation that came as a lamb without blemish. You got my word that will live forever and not change. You got the father who I'm making intercession every day. But why the ignorance? Because Satan is trying to keep you 
ignorant to think that it's all about you. It's all about this temporary stuff. But God is trying to say, be ye not ignorant. And he says, gird up the loins of your mind. Start listening more to what the word of God is teaching you. Stop saying it's too hard. I don't have time. I don't understand. That's all being ignorant. You know, the opposite of a person who's sober is a person who is drunk. And they're not drunk just on liquor and drugs. They're drunk on self. What does my self want today? What is my self? I'm so drunk on everything I want and nothing of what God wants. But when you start to gird up the loins of your mind and you say, what does the Lord want with me today? What does he want to hear me say to him about praise? What does he want to tell me about his word so I can have an overcoming day and not an underperforming day? Look at what verse 14 says, and you hear the word ignorance for yourself. It says here, as obedient children. Remember Saul and his disobedience? All of us are like Saul at one time or another. We are disobedient. But it says, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance. When we follow after everything, this body wants to have drugs and alcohol, sex, we want to have more more jewelry, we want to have more fun, we want to have more talking about other people, we want to have more hatred of other people, more jealousy of other people, more envy of other people, more conniving, more backbiting, more backstabbing, more I can't get along with nobody. I don't care what you want. I just want to live the hell I want to live. That's the lust. That's us being ignorant. And God wants to say, no more. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And it talks about giving you rest and hope. All right, let's transition. We don't want you to waste your time. We don't want you to be ignorant. But we want you to have a genuine faith. And a genuine faith comes, we're going to start in verse 3. I encourage you to read all of 1 Peter from 1 all the way to the end of 25. But I want you to take time to read because there's so much help in the Word of God. You just got to spend time looking for it. He's got it here, but you got to look for it. Verse 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundance, God ain't cheap. God ain't giving you a fraction. He ain't giving you a pint size. He's not giving you a little bit of abundance of mercy because you know he could have cut us all down because we all are foolish we all make mistakes we all have been ignorant we all have been disobedient children but the Lord God says here blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead we know Jesus is not dead. He's not in a coffin. He's not in a grave. He's up there with God the Father. And it says, four, verse 4, to an inheritance. All this stuff about death and getting ready of paperwork. We're looking for the paperwork to take care of this, take care of that. God is saying, I got an inheritance that when you close your eyes and you are immediately with us in heaven, there's an inheritance that's incorruptible. 
that you don't have to sign 15 paperwork to show no death certificate because God says this is because of Jesus Christ and your faith and your genuine faith in him and his love for you and your love for him. And it says to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, personal again, when you think you don't have anything to do with this faith, it's all about everybody but you. God is talking to you. He's putting your name on it. That song that um, Beyonce said, you like it, you should have put a ring on it. Well, God is putting your name on this. He's saying reserved in heaven for you. It says here, who are kept by the power of God through faith by the salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Again, with this time, we are in the last days. In this time, it says, in this you greatly rejoice through now for a little while, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. There's a lot of stuff going on in your life. But it says in those trials, you're going to realize how your faith is. When tragedy comes, when sadness comes, when storms come, when life hits you in the face. In this life, some rain will come. But how do you handle the raindrops? You have to say, God is, is here. He's on the throne. And it says that in the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with a joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We got to jump over to Romans chapter one, because there's always those who don't know what they don't know, but they think they know it all. And they think, oh, God's not gonna, he's gonna let me off the hook because I never heard this stuff before. This is all new to me and, and it won't matter because God's going to give me a break because he knew I didn't grow up in a religious family. I didn't go to church. I didn't know any of this. So he's not going to hold me accountable at the time of my death. He's not going to hold me accountable for my ignorance. He's not going to hold me accountable because I had no faith in him. Watch out, fool. You will be without excuse like all of us. Romans 1, I'm going to start at verse 15 to tell you that God's creation declares who he is the divineness of who he is. So don't count on being ignorant and thinking that you're going to get a pass. You're going to find yourself in hell because there's a lot of silliness and foolishness and ignorance going on that does not have to be. And for those of you who love people in your life, when you see them having a heart attack of life experience with Christ and you see them having a stroke of life experience in their life and they are drowning and they're choking because they don't know who Christ is, you're going to just say, oh, honey, come to church with me. You don't need to talk about going to church. You need to talk about Jesus. It's an urgency because they're going to be without excuse when God calls them home. And all of us are getting called to give an account of this natural life before we transition to the eternal. And if you have any sense of urgency, you need to let them know they are going to be without excuse. And there's a choice, accept Jesus Christ or reject it. But no games in between to say, I didn't know. So verse 15 says, so as much as is in me, I am ready to preach. This is me telling you, I'm ready to preach. All the men of God, women of God that know Christ, whether you're a preacher, whether you're in the Sunday school, whether you're in a, I don't care, usher, 
If you're at the, I don't care where you are in your relationship with Christ, you should be ready to preach and teach the gospel of Christ. You don't have to be a preacher called of God to be in that position, but you should be ready to tell people who Christ is because there's an urgency. People are dying. This is the 911 of faith, hope, and love, and that's in Jesus. It says here, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. I can't teach you all this, but I want you to hear the word. Pray and ask God to reveal the word. Call your preacher, call your Sunday school teacher, call whoever you need to call, but learn the word of God. It says here, verse 18, for the wrath of God, that's God's judgment. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has shown it to them. There's a lot of untruth going on every day, 24 hours. There's a lot of unrighteousness going on 24 hours in our faith, in our face every day. And you can say it doesn't matter. It does matter. The time is drawing nigh and we are in the last days. It says here, verse 19, because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. Verse 20, for since the creation, keyword, for since the creation of the world, his almighty God, divine God, the creator, his invisible Remember how we just read in 1 Peter, how we haven't seen, but yet we believe? But it says invisible. That means you can't see. Not being spooky, not talking about ghosts. We say his invisible attributes, divine, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Now, something invisible you usually can't see. But something they're saying, his invisible attributes. Have you looked up in the sky? Have you seen all the colors of, of every animal and tree? And all of the divine creation of God, did you know that no test tube, no big bang, nothing is created. This magnificent body and the array of what's in this world is not by accident. The invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. We are the made ones. He's the creator and we are made by him. And it says even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. They is us. None of us will be able to say, I didn't realize there was a God. All the agnostics, all the atheists, all the people that want to say, I love the devil instead of God. When it comes to the end of your life, that's when everybody, when the cars get ready crashing to you, the lightning bolt's going to hit you. Oh God, because you know that you know that you know that there's a God. And you can pretend to be ignorant all of your life until the last breath when you know you are in some trouble if you spend this entire time that God has given you and you don't understand that he is who you should have been worshiping. He is who you should have been giving your life to. Asking what you want done today, Lord. Let me use my breath to praise you. Let me use every part of my fiber to give you glory and honor. What do you want me to do today, Daddy? Let's go to this last couple of verses, verse 21 through 25. It says, because, that's because again, because although they knew God, they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, 
nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. There's that brain again. They became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. We got a lot of foolish hearts that are darkened now because all we got time is for the 24-7 news cycle. All we got time for is the music. All we got time is for the stories. All we got time for the movies. All we got time is to go get another girlfriend, get another boyfriend, go shopping, go do this. Everything is about what we want to do. And we're filling our futile, ignorant minds doing foolish things as that heart has become darker and darker. And Satan's just a laughing, saying, that time is drawing nigh. I can see what God says is coming to pass. I'm getting the children. I'm getting the teenagers. I'm getting the 20-year-olds. I'm getting the 30 through the 50-year-olds. I'm getting the 80-year-olds. None of them want to come to church. None of them want to be consistent with what the God of heaven says. I got them. They doing their own thing and they loving it. They are loving it. I'm giving them silver. I'm giving them gold. I'm giving them houses. I'm giving them lands. Everything I offered Jesus and he said, I don't need that stuff. You're going to worship me. Satan, not the other way around. All the kids out here being disobedient because I'm giving them what they want and they don't want to hear about God. Look at verse 22. Professing to be wise. We got all these smart people that don't want to know Christ. All that internet stuff. Oh, they're talking about a lot of stuff. We're talking about the puppies and the dogs and the horses and the cows. Everything but God. And you're going to see what God talks about when we start praising the animals and the creeping things. And the images of everything. We've got more tattoos on the, the back sides and the front sides. And the eye. now they're putting them on the face. We're not just doing what the pagans did of old. We're going beyond because Satan said, I got them. I'm going to show God them kids don't care about them. Them old people don't care about them. It says here, professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. I can't tell you no more than you're going to have to ask God. But the time, ignorance, and faith, all of that's all together. And this word is true. And we are going to be without excuse, people. We have got to get serious so that when we see God, we can say, God, I'm so glad to see you. And he's going to say, well done. And for those that think that they can come before him and make excuses, uh-uh. I'm telling you plain. I'm telling you plain. You better make a decision and stop waiting until tomorrow because tomorrow is promised to no man. I thank you. I love you. And I pray that you get to know who Jesus Christ is for yourself. Goodbye. I love you.